With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. That was an awful lot of speed on the salt flats. <laughs> there was, um, yeah, there was a lot of driving fast. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but if you haven't seen it yet, we just dropped a YouTube video yesterday. Happy Friday to you, by the way. That YouTube video is us driving literally as fast as the cars will allow us to go on the Bonneville Salt Flats with our two old ridiculous sedans. We hope you've watched it. It was a lot of fun. I have been searching for the right description ever since we've been there. During okay. the day, I was yeah, searching yeah. for the right description for the texture of the salt flats. Mm-hmm. And you know how you and I have said many times, we'll watch the edit and we'll think of something clever, funny, witty, cool, always, always. different to say that I wish I would have of said course. on camera. And I finally have it. Oh, the I addendum. F- I finally Share, have the texture of the salt flats. Okay. And I wish I'd said it on camera, but I can say it now. Mm-hmm. And the salt flats are like driving on granola. I can see it. Every so often, there's like an almond sticking up over here. And then over here, you'll hit a gooey raisin. <laughs> You're right. And it's like the little bit of milk in yeah. the bottom of your cereal bowl with that soggy... It's frightening. ...little bit of granola left over. And some parts are still kind of crispy and hard. And some places are soft and yes. soggy. Yes. And it's all white because the milk... It is granola. It's like driving on cereal. That's interesting. All and right. then parts I, you get into Frosted Flakes after if you go off the end of the runway there. Oh, no. You're into like crunchy I'm in frosted, frosted Flakes. And then it's yeah. like, oh, shredded wheat. Crap. <laughs> like over here on the – and then you got to come back to the granola part because that's where the speed is found on the granola. I'm telling you. I have thought long. Now leaving Frosted Flakes headed for granola. So while we were doing the Salt Flats run, for whatever reason, I was putting my helmet on before one of the top speed runs. Yes. And I set my phone on top of the Maserati. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about it. Yep. And so later on, I thought, well, maybe it just fell down in a seat or somewhere. And, and we drove on home thinking, I'll clean the cars out and I'll find my phone. I'll go you one further. Yeah. You had it on silent. Well, see... The reason I had it on silent is because whenever I take a bunch of pictures, I hate the sound that the phone okay, makes yeah. every time. I just So I just put it on silent while I'm taking pictures just so okay, it's not yeah. so annoying. Well, unfortunately, I had it on silent, so you can't call the phone. And so Chance, in the edit, when he was sorting selects, found the exact spot where the phone flew off. You can see it in mm-hmm. the back window of yep. the car. I should post yep. this picture, actually. We really should, yes. You can see it fly off. And I'm like, yep, there's my phone. And it corresponds to the Find My Phone app when I got home because I logged in and thought, all right, where is it? And then it said, here's your phone. And then Bonneville Salt Flats. So this is my contribution. <laughs> you know what else? You know what I thought of since flats. then? Yeah, what we should do, we should, I should post, we should just post that little clip because the clip is awesome. That little clip of it happening live should yeah, just be posted should. to Instagram. Just yeah, a little tiny clip. That. Because what's funny about it is you're driving along and you hear whatever it is on the roof, leave the roof. And you look up in the rearview mirror, but you look up what would have been from editorial perspective. Like you're like two frames behind where the phone is. I thought your it was eyes. like shredded. You're looking the up. Bottom of the car or there you something. go. You're looking know. up. And so you can watch. It is a perfect iPhone. It tumbles through the back glass. <laughs> and then you look up and you miss it. And then I had this thought. I don't know if you thought about this. But after we were there is when they started prepping for the Bonneville Speed Week. Yeah. Which means somewhere, somebody prepping for Bonneville Speed Week, you know, while grading that surface came across your phone. I Wonder what they did with it. I don't know. They turn it into part of the surface. They, I don't Maybe know. they just it. embed it down in there, and it's yeah. sort of like the monument. It's they made like, it a reference. You know, yeah. like Stonehenge out there in the salt <laughs> All flats. of the lost phones. Here's, Seriously. Of the many things that happen in the video, and it is crazy fun. We hope you've watched it. One of the things that never ceases to amaze me that is just the reality of that place and the state of Utah and other things is there's no guard. There's no fence. There's no sign-up sheet. There's no permits. You drove off yes. of the end of the concrete, yes. and there is this open expanse of this granola-like substance, and <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah. You can go be as stupid as we were. You could be stupider than us, which sometimes is hard. Yeah, you can yeah. get yourself stuck, broken, flipped over, whatever. We've see, we saw people out there. Yes. You see where trucks have gotten stuck, cars yes. have gotten stuck, yes, and yes. you're like, wow, that and must so have cost you a you have to figure out how to get your own vehicle back off the salt and if something happens there's no services yeah the food trucks don't come by it's, on that route out there they don't come by to feed you they, it's they the, don't the absolute wild west it's amazing it's crazy it really it was very fun we hope you've seen that piece uh, we, we we still can't believe we did it i am still getting salt out of the phaeton 
but we are going to give those cars away. They are still going to be given away. And I have to say, <laughs> they're seasoned now. They are properly seasoned. They are officially dried out. They're very they're they're much like jerky now at this point. <laughs> they are the jerky equivalent of automobiles. Exactly. But we are still going to give those cars away. That's actually coming up soon. And we do. We aren't telling you all the details yet, but we do have a next challenge. In the works, we're going to do the yes. cheap car challenge again for the next year, and that's going to be very different. That's also very fun. Somebody gets the salted Maserati ham. It's you know perfectly it. preserved with the amount of salt. They'll have it in time for Christmas. It'll be great. Yeah, it will be awesome. Well, guys, welcome back. As Todd said, season seven, new episode four is Step Brothers coming Saturday, August fifteenth, twenty twenty, at seven thirty a.m. Eastern, four thirty a.m. Pacific, on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. That's tomorrow. That is the Hakone edition. Toyota 86, mm-hmm. and the Toyota Supra 2.0, the GR Supra. Yep. The thinking behind that is, well, they're both two-liter engines, but very, very different. And they're both sold as cars. Toyotas, but not really Toyotas. Yes. Very, indeed, very bizarre. Indeed, that piece, as promised, that. will come to YouTube in the coming weeks, but it's going to be a few weeks out yet. But we are at, we originally planned it for a YouTube piece. Then we thought, no, well, you need to put it on TV. So it's going to be both places in a short period of time here. We're excited about that. Also, you're starting to see the beginning of this from that Salt's Flat Flats piece, we are making an additional YouTube channel. All of the details are still being kind of ironed out, <laughs> but we are of, taking yes. our fast blast and moving it to a channel we're calling Test Drive, so that if you're looking for shopping those more normal cars, if you will, the less enthusiast-focused stuff, the CUVs, the SUVs, the more normal sedans, the hybrid stuff, that's going to be on the Test Drive channel for all the people who want to watch that. We're going to push our normal everyday driver channel back to where it started, which is much more comparisons and enthusiast content. That seems to be the thing the, the subscribers really want there. But the Test Drive stuff will still exist, which we're very excited about. More details as it unfolds in the coming weeks. Because the problem with starting a new channel on YouTube is you don't have all the fun user stuff that we have on our long-running channels. We're having to wait some things out, but there is stuff coming there, new stuff coming to both channels. This is what's nuts. In spite of the TV and the two podcasts and uh, thinking about other feature films and whatever else we can fill with our time, and oh, by the way, I'm a husband and a father and we have stuff to do. Besides all of that... (laughs) There's mountain biking to be had, by the way. You better believe it. There are now going to be two YouTube channels. I don't know that both of them will get something every week, but there will be something from YouTube on YouTube from Everyday Driver every week going forward in the midst of everything else. Yeah, heck yeah. Plus Crazy. the future of pilgrimage is coming. More trips to Europe. Oh, and yeah. That's got to sure. happen. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform you've ever heard of. It's simple. By connecting car owners with renters, DriveShare unlocks the joy of driving in some very special cars. That way, renters can find cars that bring out their driving joy in every moment, while owners earn extra cash to fund their passion. To sign up, cruise over to driveshare.com or download their app for iOS and Android. That's driveshare.com. We do have shoppers. A couple of great debates. First from Pierce S., who wrote to us from Orlando, Florida. He is spreadsheet shopping. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, he's a mechanical engineer, and he said he yep. tends to fall into spreadsheet shopping, which we know okay. about. Yep, we've heard. We've also got Justin L. in Wisconsin, whose fun car is already sorted out. He's got that figured out. What he needs is the opposite of the fun car for the future commute or the Mm -hmm, ongoing commute. mm -hmm. And he says, uh, I I need help with this one because he's got a 2012 Volkswagen GTI and he needs something else because that's the commute. That's not the fun car. Yeah. So we'll tell you about it. He still wants it to be fun. It's going to be complicated, but we're going to get there. Yeah. All right. Jumping into Pierce's email here who says he's a mechanical engineer and he's reaching out for a debate because, well, he's looking into uh, something that is fun after doing a lot of track driving and a good amount of drag racing. Mm -hmm. And his wife and he started accidentally with the advanced solo school. He says our instructors (laughs) are great, but... They didn't really start with the basics. It's sort of like starting at Formula 2 or Formula 3. They they jumped into autocross. We're here for lemons. Exactly. We, and they're doing Formula 3000 or something equivalent to that. You unload That's your where they're lemon. starting. Can you imagine the image of unloading your lemons car at Le Mans? I, I practically want to do that just to see the looks on faces. Are we in the right place? Where's the driver's meeting? Well, we'd have to do it. We'd have to, to resurrect the Subaru wagon to do that. That'd be the way to do it. Do it. You unload the Subaru wagon at Le Mans. Like, what's up, guys? Which my has gotten car. fast. I apparently got a turbo or something, I heard. Well, it's, I think it's got an engine change and a manual transmission. So, so the, here, here's the problem with racing at all levels. We've Damn. joked about lemons. We have a, a one-hour-long lemons piece. Cheap racing is available on YouTube. And you can also see stuff elsewhere in the different TV seasons. And our first ever time to do lemons, we were in this automatic, formerly green, pretty much just stripped out and taken to the track, Subaru Outback. 
that from the 90s, 90s not exactly. quite Kelly, not quite turquoise. The, the color that everything was, yes. yes. So it was that car. What's funny is the whole point of lemons is it's cheap racing, right? But the problem is you get embedded and addicted and now you start spending money. And now the owner of that wagon is now spending money to make it a better track car, which is the most absurd thinking I've ever heard. I'm sure it'll be a much better track car. But now manual transmission and an engine change to make that crazy wagon. You know what it's becoming? It's becoming the Subaru Outback equivalent of that police van we see. You're right. The windows are missing on that Polizei van. Uh, maybe yes. they need to take the windows out, and maybe the aerodynamic drag that it creates will be <laughs> overcome by the loss of weight. Yeah, who knows? Yes, and the fact that the whole thing's Swiss cheese now, yeah. <laughs> Back to Pierce's email. Pierce lives in Orlando, Florida. He commutes five miles to work five days a week in okay. city and industrial areas. He's not hauling passengers and stuff. He needs to do a little bit of maintenance, and he drives spiritedly sometimes. He turns the music off and just listens to the car. He says he enjoys mundane drives, but not enough to pass as any kind of food delivery driver. But what All I right. find interesting is here, he, he will drive without the stereo to just be one with the car. Which is great. I do that all the time with a Cayman. Sure. Put it in sport mode, roll the windows down, and back off the throttle. Bam, 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 bam. Sure, sure, sure. You like that much more than I do. But he's he's had a couple of fun cars. He had a 2003 Nissan 3, uh, 350Z that he's kept through various issues. It's kind of become track only. But the problem is later on he bought a 2002 Corvette base, and the longer he had it, the less he liked it because it wasn't as raw as the 350Z. Yeah. So the Corvette has come yeah. into his life and back out of his life because it felt too big and not raw enough. The 350Z, which seemed like the lesser car, has survived through wrecks and Sheesh. hail damage and other madness in his life. It survived because he found out at one point it was a flood car. He's like, what? Uh, so it shouldn't be the car that he loves and keeps, but yet this one stays because it is so raw. So this is how he's been affected. And now he's shopping from that perspective for commuting. He's driven a Jaguar F-Type Auto convertible. He said, I feel like it's hiding something with its weight. He, he mm-hmm. wants something more agile. He's, well, he's uh, has driven the BMW M235i. Yeah, yeah. He says he didn't notice the numbness of Corvettes until owning one. But then, you know, he's not really fully sorted on learning the dynamics of a car quickly. And he didn't really feel it in the BMW. He's concerned. He warm up to it quite yet. Well, it was a great first impression, but that first impression made him feel like, what am I missing? Because he doesn't mm-hmm. know that it really is involving enough. Yeah, keep going. He's had uh, driven a BMW 335i xDrive automatic, too luxurious. The two that stick out are two mm-hmm. of the usual suspects we yep. talk about frequently, and that is the Mazda Miata RF manual pre-horsepower bump. Mm-hmm. He really liked it. And wish Mazda, of course, made more RX cars. Of course, we all do. Or a Miata with more power. I'm hoping it comes with a turbo soon. He says, this is probably a better car for a place with more curvy roads to enjoy. So he's not discounting it, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. not really at the top of his shopping list. Yeah. Nor is the Toyota 86. Yep. Took that right out. He just said, I... He hasn't been able to find a supercharged car, but he's, you know, talking about power. The same thing that just grinds my... Well, he f- he feels like he was really impressed with it, but he knew instantly that he didn't feel like it had enough power. Yeah. So he knows yeah. that if he bought one of those, he'd instantly be tuning it. But the problem is this just needs to be a it-runs-commute car. He's driven a 2012 Volkswagen GTI DSG, a friend's car. Nice, not for him. He prefers the more raw and uninsulatedness feel of the Focus ST. Which his wife has in love, so that's yep. good. All right. 2018 WRX, too big. He didn't really like it. And he didn't really like the 2017 Camaro V6, mainly the visibility. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. that uh, small window slot. So what he's looking for here in characteristics is small, fun, rear or all-wheel drive. He prefers manual. Doesn't need four seats or luxury or amenities or tech. He says, in terms of styling, anything from Boy Racer to Grandma's Buick is okay, except for that Predator Ma Lexus. Mm-hmm. Balanced handling and power are important, but Mm -hmm. most of all, at the top of the list is feel. The car experience list should shed some light on this as we've gone through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he's looking for personality and engagement. And what I find fascinating is, let's back up for a second. This is for Pierce to commute in. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we have commute conversations where what I'm looking for is to be insulated and to not worry about it. And I'll be honest, when, when I think about a pure commute car, I think about less involvement, more insulation, 
just hide me from the world. <laughs> right. I don't need to it's be as involved. Yeah. But Pierce wants it to be involved because he, his litmus test, his reference, if you will, is that 350Z, which is essentially just this side of a track car now. So he needs his commute car to be nicer, but still quite involving. So we're not shopping. There's no um, electric eggs happening here. Yeah, very true. Very true. I've looked at your list, Pierce. I've looked at everything you've driven. You've driven a lot of the usual suspects and a lot of things we would would recommend. But I started off thinking, yeah, the 235i, you liked it. You weren't mm-hmm. sure. I'm gravitating towards BMW M2s for you to start with because your budget at the very top end is about $35,000, which is okay. the bottom of BMW M2s right now. It's amazing that they're that low already. That's a lot of car for the money. Keep going. But when you kept t- telling us about how all the amenities and tech and luxury were secondary or tertiary or mm-hmm. not even on the list of things yeah, yeah, yeah. you want in your commute car, I thought, well, what if we go older? And then this little postscript here, you says mm-hmm. your wife's uncle sells used sports cars in Japan. So importing an old GTR is a very realistic option, but he'd like to keep a newer, more reliable second car if that is the case. Is a 25-year-old GTR really comparable to an M3 or Focus RS? Not necessarily, and it's not really, you're not cross-shopping those cars by agreed, any stretch. Agreed, yeah, yeah. Honestly, the people who are importing cars and know that they want them aren't cross-shopping anything. They know yeah, they want point. that car, and they're importing it, and that's the car they want and buy and drive. Right-hand drive and all of the above. Yep, you're right. Yeah. So we like that, but the fact that you pointed this out, that you were open to this idea, and you went older, I thought, huh, well, let's just throw everything out. Okay. I'm suggesting a Porsche, but it isn't what you think. Okay. All right. Go on. Porsche 968s are about half to oh, two-thirds wow. of your budget, Pierce. Okay. All right. Good, good. And I I love driving 944s. This was sort of the nicer 944. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, many of them were built as Tiptronic or just automatic convertibles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if we can find you a hardtop manual Porsche 968. I found actually quite a few. If you... Look at PCA.org, that is the Porsche Club of America. You mm-hmm. do have to be a member to contact other members on there, mm-hmm. but you can at least look at what's out there. There's some gorgeous examples of these cars. And mm. it's essentially the, the little bit nicer upgraded version stylistically and design and engineering yeah, yeah, yeah. of the 944, which just has that balance that we love. It's very cool, yeah. And it's still a Porsche. And I say, huh, let's save you some money. Let's back off. From a reliability standpoint, they're going to need some things. They're older yeah, cars, yeah, yeah. those early 90s 968s. But they're very unique because everything else on here, I think, all right, Corvettes, F-Types, Miatas, 86s, you've done hatchbacks, you've done mm-hmm, the M235i, you've kind of gone through all those main cars we would suggest for you, and you've kind of thrown them out. So I come to you with this, let's go mm. back. Okay. You can make that 968 reliable because, again, it's going to need things. Sure, it will. Yeah, replace yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. but. Okay, I'm saving you money here. Mm-hmm. Good ones, like a really cherry one, is nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm amazing. You know, mothballed in the <laughs> you know hyperbaric sure. chamber kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. is like twenty five. Interesting point. I see your point. Yeah. So yeah. what about this car? It's very unique. You will not see yourself coming and going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I think it's just the right piece for you because lightweight, still that. Dynamic that we love. Mm-hmm. Older is fine. You can upgrade the tech if you want, but really it is about the feel in that car. Okay. And it's All small right. enough, lightweight enough. It's sort of like a mini Corvette. Mm-hmm. There's not too many cars that are this size. It's almost between that Miata RF and a Corvette. Yeah. There's not yeah, many. I see that. Front yeah. engine, rear wheel drive, manual, just classic good stuff. traditional cars in that sweet spot, in that area. Z3, Z4s are kind of a You and I bit. went similar places and wound up somewhere different. Really? I like that. It's a good conclusion. Is, I really do like that. really where I'm going because I thought okay. M2s, you'd, you'd like it. You'd like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for sure. The super unique and, like I said, save you some money. Mm-hmm. Let's back off. because Look at you. You're saving money. Are you okay? Hell, I know. But you buy the older Porsche mm-hmm. and it's instantly going to need some stuff and there's stuff you're going to want to do The money savings it. quickly vanishes. Yeah, even, I think your point. Yeah. Even if you know the owner has kept up with everything, they're still yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, I want to upgrade that and do that. Parts are available. Their you know service will be you know inexpensive mm-hmm. enough. Interesting. All right, and put some really good tires on that. I think you'd love it. 
What I find interesting about this, and I want to reiterate this, Pierce is shopping for the commute car, but the commute car needs to be raw and involving. Yeah. That is funny, yeah. all right? So I, but I do really, really like this. I want to revisit really quickly the current Mazda Miata. You've driven it before the engine upgrade, the engine tweaking, yeah. okay? Yeah. You need to drive it again. Because I think the personality on that car is improved enough, as is the power delivery, just the feel of the power delivery. I think that might be a success for you. It's excellent. So I, I love it. I, I know. That's crazy. I'm so I do think you should it. redrive the Miata with the updated engine. It may be the answer, but I went with one other one because I looked okay. at your list. I saw what you like. I saw that the BMW M235i was close, but you're not sure about involving enough. The 335i xDrive wasn't involving enough. So I went back a little bit because I think I found the right size. You went backwards too. I did. Oh, exciting. I can spend two-thirds of your budget. And you get yourself a BMW Z4M Coupe. Yeah, see. Yeah. Hydraulic steering. Yeah. Really yeah. good BMW hydraulic steering before they left that and went electric. You can get them in six-speed manual. They're a little two-seat hatchback, but it has the E46 fantastic straight-six engine in it, which is, it's a it's a BMW mm. greatest hits project is really what it is. It's another project car. As yeah. as the, the E46 generation was ending, they made this car. You're talking 2006 to 2008. Right somewhere, it's somewhere in that range. Right. I actually forget the, the years, but you're close. Right. You're in that area because okay. it is. It's the closing years of that E46 much 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 beloved M3, mm-hmm. and they make this offshoot. Yeah. So it's unique. It's involving. Got it's all these raw. engines left over. Yeah. What are we going to do with all these? Seriously, BMW's like engine codes and a dartboard. But anyway, I so I really think the BMW Z4 M Coupe. I see some connection to the feel that you're liking in the 350Z, mm-hmm. but yet you're talking about a car that's the late aughts, okay, the late yeah. 2000s. So it's going to feel significantly nicer in technology than your than your old 350 will. It's going to feel nicer and newer than the Corvette, but it isn't like a technological powerhouse or we insulated you with electronic steering. It's still got a lot of those raw things. Mm-hmm. feels more modern and nicer. I think that might be the place to be to commute. I Yeah, I agree. Because when you come back up to your first sentence up here, one of your first sentences about spreadsheet shopping, mm-hmm. that sort of makes you emotionally constipated after everything you've mm-hmm. driven. And mm-hmm. you say, I don't know where to go next. And both of these suggestions that we've got do have different personalities, but they both have a lot of feel and thing that you're looking mm-hmm. for. 968 is going to be older. It's going to be down on power compared to the Z4M. Yeah. But that Z4M, are they in the 30 to 35 sweet spot oh, by now? Less than it was that. just a few years ago. There were still forty five thousand dollars. No, uh, they're, they're not you're, worth. You're that. doing you're doing fine with your budget. I, you could find one. now. Here's the thing: you're gonna have to shop a while, but you could find yeah. one. They're really good. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care since 1990. Griot's is also a family company based in Washington State, and they're dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care from Griot's. Now is the best time to tune up your car care routine. Foaming requires little to no work, and it also avoids some wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way to wash your ride. Try out the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EVERYDAY for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Justin L. is out in Wisconsin. Mm Mm-hmm. And he tells us his fun car is already sorted. It's already chosen, Good. bought, he Excellent. drives it, like he it. owns it. It is a 2020 Toyota GR Supra in Renaissance Red Ooh. 2.0. Is it 2.0? No, I'm, I'm 2020. So 2020, it's, it's so the, that'd be a 3.0. It's 3.0, yeah. He hit 2,000 miles in his first month of ownership you while like it. working from home. He likes it quite a bit. That's, that, that's made a good impression. I'm glad. I'm thrilled that you like that car. He's got the Supra. He's got the aforementioned 2012 Volkswagen GTI and manual. Mm-hmm. Both were bought new. At different times, he's owned a Volkswagen R32 from 2004, a 1977 Volkswagen Scirocco. Scirocco mm-hmm. people are like obsessive about Scirocco's. Yes, like, they are. They, they, it's they, amazing. Mm-hmm. They like those Scirocco's just a little bit. Yes. He's owned a 98 Volkswagen Golf, an 02 Miata, an 08 Mini Cooper S. Okay. An O2 Isuzu Trooper and a 1998 Chevy S10 truck. That's a good range of stuff. I like it. Lots of hatchbacks in there, though. Lots of little stuff in there. Yeah. 
Well, he recently started a new position, including a 50-mile highway commute in off-peak traffic hours. Well, that's good news. He says, well, now the GTI seems sluggish and slow up on the freeway compared to the Supra. <laughs> because he's used to the Supra. Yes. So we're looking for a commute car that can compete with the Supra and feel. All right, go on. Keep going. He, well, he's severely disappointed every time he jumps on the gas to pass somebody because. That is really funny. Oh, yeah. I'm not in the Supra. Darn it. That's really funny. I like it. All right. He also says the car is starting to feel a little dated after using the amenities in the Supra. Yes. Okay. All right. All he right. wants Apple CarPlay. He wants something similar to BMW's nice iDrive. And he'd like to move up to a nice auto transmission like a DSG, like a PDK, or any okay. other dual clutch all right, all setup. Right. So his budget is $20,000, maybe twenty five grand if he sold the GTI, which it sounds like you're going to have to because mm-hmm. if you're not enamored with it anymore, time to let it go. Justin is selling a GTI, everyone. 2012 Volkswagen <laughs> GTI. It's a great car. You can go to the pink slip section of our Discord and you could, yeah, anyway, that's Manual very funny. I love it. So he says this car will need four seats at least and all-wheel drive because he's in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He knows winter tires can fix all, but with his new position, he absolutely cannot ever call out, call, call in sick you know, from work due to weather. Okay. He'd also like the car to be a little bit more luxurious, kind of nice. I see it. All right. Yeah, yeah. So he started out thinking Autobahn bombers like the 2016 or newer X-Drive BMW 3 Series. Funny, funny. I like it. Good. He's looking at Audi S3s. He's, you know, something similar to performance and footprint. Something that doesn't stick out in traffic like the Supra. As, as, says, yes, as it would, especially in red. Yeah, Mustang wants to race him. Well, he's just trying to get to work. I'm like, I don't want to race. I'm just trying to get to work. Well, they're going to work too, but why not? Who's <laughs> down for a little race before work? Exactly. Hello. Hi. We're, you're here. I'm here. We're bored. We're going to work. Let's going go to, to work. work. <laughs> he likes the Julia, but a good friend of his already has one, so he'd rather not. So with this twenty to $25,000 budget, I went looking for the E38 generation BMW 740i, 1994 to 2001, oh, wow. promptly to discover their $5,000 at the top end. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, that's not a technological new car at all. No, it's not. Yeah, that's going to make so the GTI cool. feel like, yeah, okay. They are cool. It's so I'll give you that. They're yeah. comfortable and cool and they are cool. and they're fast. I know. I hear you. We're, we're finishing awesome. our big sedan challenge. We're not going that route again. Just, we I'm, need to be done. I'm still in big sedan mode. We over need here to thinking, be done. Yep. Those 740i's were so cool. They were very cool, yes. And I thought, I like that you're looking at X Drive. You looked at a BMW 3 Series. What about a 5 Series of some sort? Toyed around with a Mercedes E-Class idea, but none of them are really what I want you to have. Okay. And that is a Kia Stinger base or premium with the 2-liter engine that you can indeed get with all-wheel drive. This has 255 horsepower, all-wheel drive, brand new tech, four seats, gorgeous to look at. I think it would, in a way, kind of rival your love and desire that you have in the Supra. It's doesn't have the same kind of power as the three liter super, but it has the same power as the two liter super. Even though, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a stretch. But I think I'm trying point. to connect. It's funny. I see. Yeah, I see the connections. That, yep. You know, square peg round hole kind of mm-hmm. thing. Right yeah, now. Yeah. Well but done. Still, Kia Stinger. I'm finding lots of them in the twenty three to twenty four thousand dollar range. Slightly used. You can pick your color. Excellent car. It's not the GT one or GT two. If you can spring not, for that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Cause, power. Because then you're going to love the power. Here's like stinger. Here's the nuttiness. You said you kind of feel like the car for you was the Audi S3, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I do think. Look, I see the appeal there. I do think that's worthwhile. And I kind of wanted to note that was the first thing on my notes for you, Justin, is to note that yes, I think you'd like that. And then I picked one car, and it was the Kia Stinger. <laughs> You're kidding me? No, no. I think apparently you need to go shop the Kia Stinger. Now I, oh I am gosh. wondering about can you reach because if here's the thing. I think if you got up into the V6 in that car. You'd be ecstatic. He's already been used to the power. Once you yeah. taste the power, you so, can't go backwards to so GTI the, the, land. The problem is that your budget puts you, as Paul's saying, generally in the four cylinders, but you can get all-wheel drive. It's got new tech. It's got four good seats. It would be a perfectly good commute car that solves all of your problems. My only concern is that the four-cylinder might not feel like enough. True, but, but then he's got the Supra. That's why he does. I, I know, said but four yeah. cylinder. Yeah. It's under his budget or right about. I do think if you if you honestly if you break thirty grand, you're into the V six. 
I would love it if you get the V6. And I think you would prefer – I think – here's the thing. I think it checks every single box, and I think it's 75, 80 percentile on your desire for power when you're in traffic unless you bump to the V6, and then I think it checks every box across the board. Yeah. Kia Stinger, all-wheel drive. You and I both picked it, which That's means, amazing. Justin, apparently you have to go drive one. Seriously. Turbos will fill up your life now, now that you have yes. both those. Yes. Fantastic. Love it. All right. Well, guys, write to us. If you've got your own debate like these two and, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your location and your commute and what you're looking for and love to hear your stories and uh, hope to feature it on the podcast. Everyday driver TV at gmail.com or in the top right corner under the about tab is the contact button. Many of you use that. So thank you for that. And also your topic Tuesdays and your car conclusions too. We're getting to more of that. We do have a lot of questions we've got to get to. Mm -hmm. I say jump in. Well, as we get into questions, I do want to say real quick, thank you guys for all of the interaction you're giving us on the TV show, on the YouTube, on the podcast. If you haven't rated us at all of those various places, like on Amazon, Season seven's coming to Amazon very soon. Those ratings actually are season-based, so that we would appreciate it there. You can also find us on IMDb. If you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, every time you do, it helps us stay in the top 10, and we get, I'm not kidding now, almost weekly emails where somebody said, I just found your podcast. I was looking. I brought up the list of the best ones. I found yours, and I love it. And that's you guys rating and reviewing that makes it possible. So please be sure to do all of that because it does really help. Oh, the questions. I'm going to start right here. Miniature Bikes asks us on Instagram, what car would you buy if they depreciated 50% off MSRP? And I have an answer. Mm. Now, there's, there's a lot, by the way. A lot of cars, when they're, when they're half as expensive as they were originally, it's like, that's now a great deal. But in general, this is the only way I would buy a Porsche. I like Porsches. Now, as an automotive journalist, I'm, just so you know, I'm supposed to love Porsches. I am the exception. I'm supposed to decide that the only thing that matters is the new 911. That is really – Totally. That, a brown 911 really is like the pinnacle of automotive journalism, apparently. So, yeah, that in a GT3. But I like Porsches. I own a Cayenne, which I bought for one-third of its original MSRP. That's true. That's true. But I'm very much of the demeanor of once those cars depreciate about 50%, they become about the best place you can put your money. Yeah. But at yeah. full price, I'm always like, that. sorry, the seats are what now? $30,000 worth of what? Excuse yeah, me. I just – yeah, yeah. I know. that's that's. There are a See, lot I of them. I just gloss right over that. I know you do. I just skate right through that just and just slide right whatever. through to the pool of Porsche. It's that's that's the delivery the deal. system. Yep, I Don't totally care. Get. There are a lot, but I actually think that at that place, here's the thing: once they depreciate that much, it's difficult to put your money anywhere that's a better car. Funny enough, I would buy a Mercedes AMG GTS. Yeah, fifty percent off that's one of those. A good car. That's yes, a really good car. Please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so enamored with those cars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I oh yeah. Just thinking about the one we drove, I'm still in love with that thing. Yeah. I just I mm. I bought a Lotus for thirty and they originally were fifty five sixty. I mean I have a pattern here, let's be honest. Mm. I do have to say though, if you are a person who can buy a new car buy a new sports car from a manufacturer and show them that we appreciate the fact that those cars still exist. Yes, yeah, indeed. for sure. Roberto Alberti asks me if I were a product designer. Well, I still do consider myself a product designer. Yeah, go on. Cars are just big, expensive products. <laughs> yeah. And I still love designing furniture and thinking of stuff. I, I've got some furniture ideas for my own house that I want to actually design. But Sentence I will never <clears throat> say. Not really. Honey, too much time. Honey, I, I, I want to design a chair. Be like, well, yeah, it's going to be like a box. I would box celebrate that day. You would, would celebrate, celebrate, but the chair, you would not like the design, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be a little simple. Yeah. <laughs> What extravagant name would I come up with for a product? Stellantis. Oh, wait, no, that's Stellantis. Taken. That's taken. Sorry. Dang it. If you'd just been faster, you could have gotten Stellantis. Anyway, I could yeah. have gotten the URL, Stellantis.com, because that would have – no, it would have changed my mind. <laughs> it wouldn't have changed a thing. Moving on. Yes. Roberto, Roberto, sorry. Uh, I want to design a kitchen. I want to design a grand hmm. piano. But okay. as far as a name for those things, it's usually some sort of alphanumeric kind of thing. If you look at one of my favorite designs for speakers, that is Ross Lovegrove's KEF. Oh, wow. Okay. Muon. M-U-O-N. Terribly named. It's got to be an acronym for something. <laughs> but they're a couple of meters tall. They're enormous, made out of polished aluminum. Oh, my gosh. They're taller than a man. They're amazingly huge, and they're cool-looking, and they're thunderingly loud, and they're $140,000. <laughs> but they were this crazy weird name, Muan. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Okay. But they look great, 
But I think it's less about the name and more about the product itself and more mm. about, you know, there's Scavellini kitchens I like, Pogan Pole, I like bulltop kitchens, you know, things in that Italian clean lines. I'd like to do about five custom kitchens. I don't want to do, you know, like the Ikea 100,000. <laughs> I want to do five or a grand piano. And it's just one or maybe two, you know, the six foot length. And we've got the nine foot concert grand or something like that. But again, the name less important to me than the visuals. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Todd's nodding and smiling and, it's just, I mean, you're you're in a whole world. Like, that, what are you talking about? You're in a whole world where, look, I, uh, folding chairs are cool, fine. I just don't. I mean, you think in a whole other world than I do, which is Let's great. Talk backpacks. It's actually very good. There you go. Hey, <laughs> hey, burn easy. right up. I, I, I'll talk backpacks. Mark Flurry on Facebook said his Dish Network apparently made our channel disappear. So you're no longer getting Motor Trend on Dish Network. That I'm sure that's a contract dispute. Where else are we? He said I should know already, but I don't. I, I will clarify. We are not. We're not. We are not on the Motor Trend app. Right. So right. you cannot find us on the on-demand app because uh, they don't uh, pay residuals or actually license anybody else's material. If they would like to do that, separate conversation. We are on Amazon. You can get all of the seasons on Amazon. We are slowly putting the older seasons onto YouTube. About one every month is dropping there. And also, if you get Pluto TV, the first two seasons are also available there. We'd love to have you watching. Thanks for asking, Mark. Question to explore from Roger Nick 7 who asks if it's worth attempting to find a career or job in the car world if you're a driving enthusiast. Roger does not really enjoy wrenching on cars or does not yearn for a desk job and recognizes that paid seat time positions are few and far between. Would it be more practical to find a boring career that allows Roger to spend the time and what he wants to on cars, or is it more of just a matter of gaining seat time and experience and learning to communicate that information efficiently to others? Mm. I'm wondering if you're referring to somewhat of a journalist job, but maybe not just not necessarily journalism, but something in the car world. To be honest, both Todd and I are making less money than doing this than we ever did in our <laughs> quote unquote professional careers. Yeah, fair point. Fair and point. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't mm. care. I mm. love the interaction with you guys. I love creating what we do. I love the headspace. And whenever I was working in the tech world and I'd start talking about this thing that Todd and I had on yeah. the side called everyday yeah. driver before we left our jobs, mm -hmm. people look at me like you get pretty, you're pretty excited about yeah. this thing. What, yeah. what is it now? Is it a blog? I'm like, No, it's not a blog. It's a TV yeah. show. It's a YouTube podcast, yeah. all this stuff. And, uh, they just sort of like, why aren't you doing that? Why are you here doing this? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it's, you know, a big company and Lots I'm earning things, a lot yeah. of money. And I'm, yeah. on the other hand, I'm traveling a lot. I have no time. And, you know, it's beating me. And mm -hmm. I burned out twice doing this job. Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah. good. And then every time I think about what you and I do, I just get excited again. Seriously, that I sounds I stupid know, and crazy and goofy and like, yeah, you're just saying that. Not really. Well, Roger, I want to unpack this a couple of different – because I had this note noted as a question to talk about as well. I want to unpack this a couple of different ways. First off, I had the exact same experience you did, Paul, when I was in client edits – and you get lunch delivered. Okay. This is how it happens. You get, you get lunch delivered and you know, your clients in there all day. It's going to be with, with you for 10 hours and yeah. you keep taking bathroom breaks and grabbing snacks and then lunch gets delivered and you're, you're editing away. And about the only time you really stop is just for a few minutes to eat. So maybe 20 minutes, half hour and you just start talking about life. Right. And invariably something about the show would come up. Sure. Yeah. What they drive, what I drive, whatever. Cause it's easy conversation. And you're right. They would be like, you. You're awfully excited about because I'm a pretty like, calm I'm, down. I'm a fairly low key guy. In case you haven't noticed, I'd get awfully excited about. It. They were like, "That's really cool," and that would start getting them looking it up because they were like, "What is this thing that my editor is like losing his mind about? How's your little blog going?" Exactly right. So anyway, so there's all of that. Also, some of those people, very funny, side note, some of those people never thought it was a thing, including my employers, by the way, yeah. never thought it was a thing until I said, by the way, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. And they were like, where are you going? I was like, yeah, that thing I've been doing, I'm going there. They're like, really? Which always made me laugh. But Roger, here, here's the couple of things. First off, also keep this in mind. If you step out of your current career into a career related to cars, every job, including our job, which I admit from the outside looks pretty perfect, every job has days when it really feels like work. Indeed. Yeah. Sure. And as a result, here's the funny part. As a result, I've found that I know people that do other things for a living than cars that will spend all their free time wrenching on a car, working on a car, driving a car, or going to the track. These are the things I don't really want to do with my free time because that's my life. That's my career. 
I do car stuff for work. So when I have free time, I don't want to do car stuff, mm-hmm. which is weird when you have car friends mm-hmm. who have free time and want to do car stuff. Don't get me wrong. I still end up doing car stuff and enjoying myself. But my headspace is, is shifted in that regard. So are you willing to have a car-related job that sometimes really feels like work? Yeah. So ask that question of yourself. Or would you rather have all of your car stuff feel like your euphoric free time? Mm, yeah. That may yeah. help you balance this because you're right. You could have a job like your te- old tech job, Paul. You have a job that isn't cars at all, but makes you enough money that gives you a lot of free time in cars yeah. and liquidity to deal in cars. Well, it wasn't a lot of free time, but you know. Fair. But that free time could be, I have the money, I'm going to do these car things. Or you could flip it around. Now, there are some places that do look into local places that may do car instruction, that may do driving. You can start at low levels. We all think of... I am a paid driver, and I'm a, I'm a race driver. Sure. Yeah. You've almost got there, – there are situations where you almost have drivers like golf pros. They're yes. good, but they aren't sponsored guys that only do this. Golf pros who work at your local country club, they are pros, but they're not on the Nike tour. Exactly right. So they're not on the PGA tour. Depending upon where you are in the nation, you can sometimes find car-related things that need instructors – that is the bottom end of that level. I don't know what your driving experience is, but there's that. And then I've known people that have had corporate jobs in cars that have made them not like cars because True. it's so corporate True. that it just wants to get away from cars. So you're going to have to balance how you want your life to be structured. There's a lot of layers to this, but the coolest thing is when you have a job that you love and you tell other people about it and they go, that's really crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> what you and I do for a living gets a lot of shaking heads a lot of times. And, and a lot of comments – is that all you do? <laughs> the fact that you yeah. and I just did the salt flats and it was actually a work day. Was, I, I laughed the whole way home. I did. It, it was a it, Tuesday. Except for the struggles with the cars on the way home, which you'll see in the video. I was laughing <laughs> about the fact that I, I – plus, my son was off from school. We took him with us. It was so much fun. He kept looking at me like, my dad does this for work. Yes. Yes, I do, son. I do. Roger, last thought for you, and that is from a friend of the show, friend of mine. His name is Matthew H., and he's listening right now, and he is a career counselor. And he said something to me that has continually resonated, and that is when people ask about gaps in your resume and you tell them, well, I I went off to pursue this, it is perfectly okay. A one-year gap, a two-year gap is perfectly okay for you to tell, say something doesn't work out. You pursued Mm -hmm. your dream. You did this. And you can tell them and be right up front. Look, I thought it would be a good idea to do this. I pursued this. Mm, interesting. It didn't work out. And I'm coming back to my industry that I know, and that's why I'm applying with you for this new mm, job, whatever yeah. you're doing. It is perfectly okay to say, I went and did this, and I pursued it for a couple of years because I wanted to. Mm, and it gave mm. me this, this, and this new experience. I traveled sure, here. I did this. Sure. I got better at that. I'm actually a more well-rounded person, even though I haven't been in the industry for a little while. Interesting That's point. okay. Okay, and I see that. And it resonated with me. Matthew, That's thank cool. you for that. That's very cool. And uh, yes, he listens to the podcast. And uh, by the way, he liked your book selections that you, oh, uh, that well, you offered up a hey, while back. Hey, so. I have a book coming. Hopefully, he'll like that too. Anyway, hint, hint. But yeah, I got to get on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Thomas G22 asks, how reliable are the mirrors that close when you lock the car? This is becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. There are little motors in there. Little plastic gears, probably. Well, I mean, just like anything, mirrors have closed on cars forever. It's just now they're connected to the fob and they're part of the system. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, look, my Expedition has the same thing. They're not, they don't do it automatically, but I keep thinking, when are they going to break? You know what? <laughs> I'm going to keep using them because yeah. why not? Yeah. And so you just have to get over that. Cars are going to continue to have motors with plastic gears doing something, and so it's a feature. They know that they're going to be operated quite a bit, so I would think the engineering team would. Put some, you know, mojo into those so you, they know they're they're going to be in out, in out, in out. You know, mock, somewhere there is a mock-up of that mirror motor that got turned on in like the year 2000 and is still going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth invariably until they figure out how many cycles it can do. And Somebody's come by and that. smack it when it's open just to set it off kilter and, yes. you know, see how it does. And Somebody's test done it. that. One of my Phaeton mirrors is perfect and the other one, no surprise, loses its mind every time. Well, to close it's a it, Phaeton. Okay, so Thomas... Yes, on the reliability to everything except a Phaeton. If <laughs> yes, you don't have a sure. Phaeton, you're good. <laughs> That's right? these are these are words to live by. If you right don't there. have a Phaeton, you're, you're good. good. All right, D- Danny Hahn asks on Instagram. He says, "Is it rude to put a note on someone's card asking if they would sell it?" He's looking at somebody's old NA Miata that gets parked outside near where he works all the time. He sees it in the same spot; it rarely moves. He wants to put a note on it that he would he would pay cash for this car. 
doesn't know if that's rude. First off, look, Danny, I don't think there is a single thing in the world wrong with this as long as you approach it right. Mm-hmm. And I think the start of your note is what you've already told me, which is, I love your car. Just the, the yeah. note should just start with, I think your car is incredibly cool or whatever way you would say that. And I don't know if you'd ever be interested in selling it, but I would absolutely buy it and then contact info. Because here's the thing. If they would never sell it in a million years, you just complimented their car. How, what is there to get mad about? Danny, let me put it this way. I liked a girl's car so much one time, I put a note under a windshield asking her out, and she was my college girlfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, she, it was a cool, like, lowered Civic, and it was, you know, cool. I liked it then, and, you know, but I asked her out. She was cute. In I, quotes. I like your car. So I didn't want to buy her yeah. car. I wanted to, you know, yeah. mm, okay. buy her dinner is what yeah. I wanted. So. Family podcast. And I did. Anyway. Color Colin 99 wants to do car homework and test drive a lot of cars before he buys. How do you deal with a dealer to solely test drive a car? Mm-hmm. You want to show interest in their car. Of course you do, but you need to drive all of your options before committing to a single car. Is it? Is it? Are we talking about dating or are we talking about cars? We're talking about cars. Okay, cars. we're still just checking. Yeah. Sorry, wrenching you back from <clears throat> memories. We're talking about cars. Right. Yeah. All right. So yes, we recommend Haggerty Drive Share is a great place. Turo is a f- great place to yeah. find cars. But yeah, what yeah. about forums? Possibly. Yeah. What about some forums and getting on there and joining, you know, a car show or a car club and saying, "Hey, can I, you know, maybe jump in? I'm thinking about driving this and start talking to some people on the forums, and they might." Say, well, I'm not really interested in having you drive, but you know who might is so-and-so. Why don't you contact them over here? They might let you drive it. That could be a good way. You've got to start making friends within your car community. And, you know, sometimes people will be that way because when you get your car, if you kind of pay it forward, do the same thing and let people drive your car. Not, I'm not saying, you know, can I go bash on it and do some burnouts <laughs> and take it to the track and preferably not, but point taken. Leave yeah. you with a smoking hulk of a car. <laughs> that cube was once your car. But I had a great time. Thanks. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying something uh, something along those lines. Well, well, Coulter, on, on this, I actually wanted to add one quick thing, and that is, be careful. Uh, figure out where you are in the process. If you have one of twelve things you want to drive, going into a dealer and saying, "Hey, can I test drive your car?" is probably a bit disingenuous because there's very little chance you're going to buy their car. If you got it down to two or three, walk right in the door, be straight up. I, I don't see a single thing wrong with that. Okay, I, I, okay. I, I'm down to a couple of cars, and I'm trying to decide. Mm. And I'd like to drive this spec of your car, and I'm going down the block to drive the other one. I'm I'm in buying place. I'm looking. I've got it down to these couple. When you get it down to two or three, maybe four cars, I think there's no reason to go into a dealer. If you're looking at, like, I've got 10 vehicles on my list, don't bother the dealer at that point because there's very little chance that it's going to be worth their while. Mm-hmm. All right. Our friend Kareem, Rescue Pet Motorsports, asks if the Hyperion Motors hydrogen hypercar, is this real or CGI? CGI has gotten very good. I used to work with some software, so it's a little bit hard to tell, but I, th- I think they're they're close. Unfortunately, it can be maybe a, a bit of a mix between CGI and Photoshop and you know a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Whether it is or isn't, the question is, does hydrogen even have a chance? Mm. BMW and others, Toyota, have been messing around with it for decades, but no real progress for the masses. To be honest, Kareem, where it is making sense is Trevor Milton, the CEO of Nikola, mm. the trucks, He's messing around with it for his semis, as a matter of fact, and that's where it does make sense. Mm. I'm still not seeing it for passenger cars for on a smaller scale because of the size, to be honest, the storage that you've got. But a big Class 8 semi-truck like Nikola trucks well, and is all, intriguing to me. I see that. Also, the other concern I've always had with hydrogen, which there's in, many interesting things about it, but the problem is you need to make refilling idiot-proof. Yes, We've all seen yes. either live or photos of the person driving down the street with half the gas uh, hose coming out of their car. <laughs> and, and, they, and they now, you can look at it, any gas station on the planet, they have an automatic brake point halfway down the hose because people are pulling pumps down. They have an automatic brake point that it will yeah, snap the, if you drive away. away. Yeah. So we've seen that plenty, okay? We've also seen tons of people driving down the street where they didn't do the hose, but they have the gas cap banging against the side of their car and the filler flap is open. Maybe the music's too loud. You see that a lot. Can't hear it. Okay? So my point is, one, these hydrogen refuel systems are not idiot-proof. So I could yeah. see a guy yeah. that is driving a semi getting extra training for filling up the hydrogen. He would know how to do it. I trust that guy to do that. The mom who's frazzled with kids in the back and places to be and that kind of stuff, it's got to be simple. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and also it's 
You're talking about pressurized stuff and all kinds of things that normal gas is inert. So as a result, that simplicity isn't there. And I think that's one of the big hurdles for hydrogen cars. Whereas back to your point, you put it in guys with professional drivers that are driving a semi yeah. could be taught to do it and to store it and, and deal with it properly. The locations and where they go. Yeah. purchase it from and all I that totally kind of stuff, that. infrastructure. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you saw Bill Blum's question. He said uh, the forerunner we have right now that's an army green. Mm-hmm. He said, man, those look good in army green. He said, is there a color they, they don't look good in? Well, first off, I'm going to say it. And I'm going to get angry letters. I think white is boring on everything. With rare exceptions, I think, I think white, white is boring. white is terrible on everything. But having said that, they, and I don't think they offer it on the forerunner, but for a while, and they may still offer it, Toyota offered that like sand color. Yeah, it's like the crema on top of your freshly pulled shot of espresso. That was really popular for a while, and I just can't stand it. I'm going to get more angry letters, but I just I don't about, get it. Like hazelnut, we'll go it's with hazelnut. Just, it's it's sand. I mean, they probably hey, they got army green. They probably called it sand. They probably did desert sand or desert mm, yeah desert rat desert. No. Yay! Right. All right. Chris Spinellio asks, "What cars ruined driving normal cars for us?" For Chris, it was the GT350. Yeah, I, I can see that. You got to drive it a bunch at work. There's no mundane drive in that car. It's always an event. It's kind of funny talking with Chance, and you know he's pretty tuned into the Mustang community in Utah, who have drivers that buy GT500s and GT350s and immediately tune them up beyond yeah. their 525 yeah. or however many horsepower. The GT500, it's like, well, 750 is not quite enough. Yeah. How about 850? Let's well, get on it. We've talked about this before. There's the guys that do it, and they haven't even driven the car first, and they get it tuned. Yeah. It's uh, that now full bragging rights, but go on. That, that bugs me. Uh, well, to answer your question, the cars that ruined driving was the genesis of the show for you and I. Mm. It was seat time in that 300ZX of yours yeah, and my yeah. 928. I just I learned about corners mm-hmm, driving mm-hmm. those cars. I learned about weight balance and dynamics and tire wear, looking at my front tire wear and chewing through Yokohama's <laughs> going – what oh, happened now there? why did it do that yeah. and camber and thinking all right yeah i did just come from a great drive and you know talking with the 928 community and learning that it was those cars that started us i think on the road to mm-hmm. there's more to driving than you think there is yeah. and many people think there is i just looked it up the uh the toyota color is actually called quicksand it's available quick in the tacoma quicksand i knew it was something yeah, like desert quick something uh, to, to answer this question but which car ruined me you're not going to be surprised but i am going to spell it out honestly the first time i ever drove a lotus elise was revelatory and now i own one and while i am i am capable in spite of the fact that paul teases me otherwise i am capable of not expecting a car to be a lotus elise I am capable of knowing you are? that cars are not that. But what's interesting is it is such a unique driving experience. I am, to this day, still looking for a car that gets close to what the Elise offers. Mm. And so while I am aware of the fact that it's a moment in time and I can step back from that and not bring that expectation to other cars, I keep hoping somebody's going to really – I thought the 4C was going to be this. I keep hoping somebody's going to release – a car that is in the same vein as the Elise that is as good as the Elise. And I can just go, Oh, somebody's done it again. I don't think that will ever happen personally. You're probably right because of technology and because of extra weight of safety equipment, airbags, yeah. Yeah, I hear crash you. structures, I hear all that you. kind of stuff. I think it's in the past, but I think that's what makes it so unique and mm. good that it is in the past in, in a way it's mm. still modern, but it's, yeah. That recipe will never be done again unless we really start going to carbon fiber everything. But even McLarens, I, they're great, but they're still not that Lotus feel. Yeah, they're crazy it's, enough. You know, no steering, uh, no assist in the steering. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. The four C. When I read the spreadsheet on the four C, I thought, oh, they've done it. I drove it and went, no, they got close. They didn't really do it. They got, they got close, but they didn't really get there, which is crazy. Guys, thank you for your questions. As always, we've got more than we can get to at this point, but we will continue to work through them. Thank you so much, and uh, we hope you're enjoying the guests. We've got a few more guests coming your way that are going to be great. We're looking forward to that and looking forward to your questions and interaction as always. Cheers, everyone.